I believe that uh, uh, Western civilization kind of died in the 1960s and it had been dying for a long time. And it, and it was basically left, we were left inside this imaginative rubble with, 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 of death, of civilizational death. And we've been living there ever since. And, and that, there, that there was a kind of a compensatory uh, uh, alternative arc to compensate for this, 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 this dying process. And I would call that something like social democracy, which really began about 200 years ago to rev itself up and, and really was in full bloom in the first half of the 20th century. And I believe that it peaked in the 1960s at the same time that, that our civilization, Western civilization, died completely. <laughs> so the Western civilization completely lost its compass in the 1960s and hasn't regained it since. And... Uh, and at that time, social democracy peaked and has been in decline ever since. Now, it's not dead. It's just in decline. It's still it's still going. It's just that it's uh, it doesn't have the inspirational energy that built it up in the first place. So people, you know, 100 years ago, people really believed in, for example, universal education and, uh, you know, public water works and vaccination and these type of things and these uh and now we're in an age where the all of this uh, is subject to various doubts so in a way and, it's and, kind of a supernova right it's it's just it's, it's totally it's, it's everywhere right now but it's but it's dying you know okay you're the one who you're the one who can put the uh, the supernova idea in my head which i've been using ever since it's a great idea it's it's fantastic so yeah so uh, and uh, the social democracy is in has been in decline since the 60s now there's another compensatory arc that is has has been built up and compensated for the decline of social democracy, and that I would call, in a loose kind of way, Reaganism. And this mm -hmm. this phenomenon was basically people think of it as conservative, maybe it is, but really it's 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 militarism uh, creating a new overarching arc. Isn't cool. it usually called? Uh, I, I don't like this term either. Neo neoliberalism is that is that what you're talking about? Yeah, I'm. Uh, yes, I mean that has to do with uh, deregulating and liberalizing trade and all that kind of stuff. And that's that's a complicated thing. And uh, I think it was an inevitable thing, given what we in the 20th century we had built in the mid 20th century we had built up all kinds of trade tariffs to protect our national economies, and by the late 1970s. That wasn't working so well anymore, and we were getting nervous. We there was high unemployment, high interest rates, uh, all things things weren't working so well, and so it was a big shift. Now that shift, people could see that coming. It wasn't uh, there was people could see that it wasn't working, and they, and they saw that for for the, at least ten years from 1970 to the to the to 1980. There was this decline in the manner in which we had uh, a cradle to grave vision of 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 our society. And everything uh, highly regulated with uh, massive trade tariffs to protect these national economies. Now that that had that got blown out of. I think it was inevitable to liberalize trade, and and because uh, it, it it just had to happen. There was no way that that was going to carry on forever. These these massive trade barriers. For one, what it does is it it, it completely corrupts borders, because anywhere where there's customs, where where you're passing like a port, for example, anywhere where the, where there's lots of goods going in and out, you would have all kinds of corrupt means to get goods through tariffs. Well, the easiest way to get rid of that corruption is to simply liberalize it all and just allow goods to flow in and out liberally without any monitor. 
without any significant monitoring, you know. Uh, so that kind of thing was inevitable. Anyway, I'm, I'm basically, I'm, to re, I'm basically, yeah, you're making a good point that the, the liberalization of, of trade came along with the heavy militarization of the United States, which really created a brand new arc for the Western world. Uh, people don't realize, I think, how much, how much influence that has had on our lives. The internet, for example, is entirely indebted to the American military. And we live, you know, we are completely centered on the internet. These cell phones, I think, would never have happened if it weren't for the, uh, the American military uh, complex. So we are now, I believe, in an age where this particular compensatory arc, which was designed to compensate for the decline of social democracy, is also in decline. Mm -hmm. Which leaves us with another search for a new arc to compensate for the decline of this one. And what is that arc? And uh, that's the that's the key question. And I think one of the uh, one of the problems is we don't have a satisfactory, you know, people whether whether or not I, I I was raised to hate Reaganism and and mostly did for most of my life. The, the older I've gotten, the more I've seen the reasoning that runs through it. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, it was a popular. That we, it needs to be admitted that it was an extremely popular uh, movement. Reagan was a very popular president. Now, he was unpopular elsewhere, but he still uh, was met with a huge amount of support. Thatcherism in England was extremely popular. I was popular. thinking about Thatcherism. That's, the, yeah. that's kind of the same movement you would put those two together. And Thatcherism yeah. also is hated in England, but nonetheless had enough popularity to keep this arc, this cultural arc, running through the English experience for a long time. And so uh, it was basically, this was a, a compensatory cultural arc to designed, I think, to compensate for the decline of social democracy, which was no longer working to the extent that it had been working in prior decades. Uh, uh, the, the, the success of social democracy is convoluted completely by the wars, incidentally. It's hard to, like, I'm a, I've become increasingly, I was raised a social democrat, and I've increasingly become very skeptical of, of, of the idea that it, that, that it was a good thing. Uh, the wars completely obscure whether or not social democracy is good. In fact, the wars might, social democracy might be the central subject of the wars. I mean, <laughs> Nazi Germany, after all, was was uh, Nazis was a national socialist party. It was a socialist national party with a national economic vision for its country. This is a this is to me uh, synonymous with social democracy. It wasn't democratic in the sense that they had free elections once they were elected throughout elections. So it's complicated. Anyway, so uh, uh, all I'm saying is we are we are asking ourselves right now, what is the new, I'm asking myself, what is the new arc that is compensating for the decline of both social democracy and Reaganism? I think that there's a huge number of people who think that finally Reaganism has run out of gas. Thank God we can return to our good old social democratic uh, cradle to grave, uh, our sensible uh, vision of society, when in fact mm -hmm. that's not what's happening. And but there's the, also there's also something else, another compensatory movement, which is kind of a neoconservative compensatory movement, right? Where people are saying, "Let's go back to church," and and uh, and um, yeah, you know, I think well, I think one of the reasons why we're in trouble right now is we're entirely we are very radically polarized about what this particular arc is. 
Mm-hmm. While it was it was relatively clear that Reaganism was the, the 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 name of the game in the 80s, and just as it was relatively clear that social democracy was the name of the game in the 50s or whatever, you know, where there was you know that we were building universities. Like, I, I just want to say, like the whole movement of the Jordan Peterson movement is is like it's almost like a nostalgic for Reaganism in some ways. It, it something much, much way, of it, yeah. right? Right. It, there's a yes. there's a nostalgic aspect for okay. Let's look at the cold. It's almost like a cold. He wants the Cold War mentality to come back um, in a way. Yeah, I, you know, I'm it, fond of Peterson, but I always I feel that there's there is a reactionary element to that rather than looking at the new thing. The extent to which Peterson uh, intonates that, I think it's an intonation. He doesn't say it clearly. It's a, it's a kind of a feeling. He's in, he intimates it. Is yeah. I don't agree with that that side of Peterson. Uh, I agree with other things. I, I unlike yourself, I like Peterson, but I also see that he kind of he's basically saying it was better before. Well, I, I don't I don't think that. I think there's something else. We're we're struggling to find a new arc. Yeah, and wokeism is one of those is one of those struggles. Uh, you, you're right. This this uh, this radical conservatism. I don't know if the outright is is that. I don't know. Uh, but these are all struggles to create a new arc. And uh, I mean, my view is that we need to return to uh, a subsistence economy as a base, as a base support for the for the the liberal money economy that we have. But that's that's that doesn't appear to be in the works in any serious kind of way. So that's that's mine. That's where that's where I would lean. So basically, that's all I'm saying, that that Reaganism was designed to compensate for the decline of social democracy. Social democracy was designed to compensate for the death of Western civilization. And really, West, what we're what we're struggling is to resurrect something out of Western civilization. I think that's what we're that's what it may, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for the civilization to rise from the ashes in some kind of way. Maybe returning to church is is an expression of that. Uh, some, you know, I, I'm not convinced. Uh, I'm, a, I'm attracted to the idea of going well, to church a bit, but I'm not well, convinced. My, my, my view is there has to be a return at least to um, sort of the primordial traditions, but they also have to be reinvented. So just returning to them as they are right now, uh, you know, um, you know, it's kind of what Jonathan Paggio and, and, and Jordan Peterson, and they're, they're always saying that, you know, return to Christian, Christendom. I, I, I think that I think that we do have to find Christendom again, but but not in that, not in a, not in the sense of going back to to the Middle Ages uh, in any way at all. Uh, um, that's that's exactly kind of the, what that's what the conservatives kind of you get the feeling that they want to go back to the Middle Ages, and that's where I, that's where I have this resistance. So we have these black marks on our civilizational record. We're anti-Semites for one. We are warmongering for two. Uh, we're colonialists, I, I, and uh, yeah, uh, we're imperialistic. Uh, uh, I can, I mean, I've spent a lot of time uh, looking at all, each and every one of those, and 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 defending the West inside of those. Uh, and maybe that, maybe that's the the thing that the biggest, the darkest uh, chapters, the darkest uh, features of us has to be properly and completely addressed. And then once that happens, maybe we, maybe it's just full steam ahead. I don't know. Uh, I think there's a lot of false, totally false criticisms of the West. For example, that it's uh, that it's patriarchal and oppressive of women. I think that's an outrageous misconception of the Western world. And Western women are way better off than anyone else. Uh, but that, yeah. I mean, that's 
And, uh, you know, that it's an environmental catastrophe, that's another, uh, you know, uh, I think mistaken idea. It's a, it, we, these, but so, but there are real ideas. Anti-Semitism is a real black mark. Uh, war, uh, lots and lots of war is a real black mark. I mean, Europe was at war way more, it seems, than uh, other parts of the world. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm mistaken in thinking that. Well, the Fifty Years' War and all that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, those wars were just terrible. And, uh, and so, so, yeah, imperialism is also defensible because you've heard my arguments about imperialism. Uh, when you're stronger than, than the guy next door, you kind of have no choice but to take them over. Uh, and, and this has to do with neurosis. It's the idea that uh, I'm stronger for a, a certain reason. Is that and, what's happening and, in Ukraine right now? Is, is that what? Ah, uh, good question. No, I think that has to do with old sense of turf. Uh, one of the reasons why our uh, arcs are losing steam, you know, social democracy is less important than Western civilization. And in turn, Reaganism is less important than social democracy. And in turn, whatever's going on now is less important than Reaganism. And the reason is, you know, you really need a civilization to 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 boost and to to have a real proper good, good, proper arc. So there's there's this massive arc that took, I don't know, 1500 years or whatever. And it's, uh, and the other arcs are very short and they seem to be getting shorter. It seems to me that the, so, the social democracy arc is like 200 years long, maybe 250 or something. Maybe that's another 50 years left. And mm. the, the Reagan, Reaganism one is much shorter if, if, you, if you're following the logic, right? So they and keep getting so, shorter and shorter. And then what happens? Uh, you, it's crying out for a new civilizational arc to emerge. Which would be like the uh, sort of after the apocalypse kind of. I don't know. In a way. Uh, 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 you know, uh, I don't. Uh, good question. What uh, when you really feel like you're you're digging into something really and truly substantial? You know, one of the problems with social democracy is it it became a little bit taboo to discuss things like religion. You know, uh, in other words, even if people weren't, there were lots of people who believed in social democracy who were actually spiritualists. But they yeah. they couldn't discuss it, so it, it became slowly uh, filtered out. Uh, I was going to say banned, but that's too strong a word. It it it's over time filtered out any discussion of spirituality from uh, social democracy, and 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 largely because it was unnecessary. The whole point was to provide you know uh, food, clothing, shelter, and education, and you know cradle cradle the grave stuff. And cradle the grave doesn't feel particularly spiritual in its in its well, there's it's something, not, there has to be something more than that. I mean, yeah. obviously, right? Yeah, that's right. Um, but I mean, you can understand why people believed in it, you know, uh, and people uh, logged on because it does see, it is very attractive that, you know, you don't, you shouldn't have to worry about whether, you know, whether you're going to, you know, make a living or, or have a meal or have clothing on your back. You know, you shouldn't have that. It's all about f fairness, right? And, and yeah. things being fair. Yeah, uh -huh. yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, so that's, uh, I mean, Reaganism, it seems to me, is way more interesting. I mean, it's only in retrospect that I've, only in recent last couple of years that I've given it any real thought. It's uh, it's really about protecting the the core interests of Western civilization, even though Western civilization is, uh, you know, is has no compass. So it's taking things like individualism and, uh, you know, and then there's, there's a religious side to Reaganism, you know, uh, uh, traditional religion kind of thing. And it's also, take, uh, you know, free, free market, 
these uh, these notions that are Western inventions are being defended. Uh, basically, liberalism, not yeah. Christianity so much, but liberalism. This, this is what uh, kind of the whole whole of Peterson's platform right now seems to be about yeah. defending liberalism. I, you know, yeah. on, he seems entirely a Reaganist in the sense that you're talking about. I, it, it seems to me that I, I've heard the argument that liberalism had to be defended by employing, uh, by sinking enormous amount of money into technological development so as to maintain a technological advantage for as long as possible so that liberalism would persist as long as possible. Mm. And this was the ultimate argument that came out of the back rooms of Reaganism. And, and, the, and the argument being that the, the liberalism doesn't exist anywhere else. And so it'll get swamped. It's going to get swamped. The whole world, you know, they don't have freedom of speech. They don't have all kinds of things. They don't yeah. have uh, the market like 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 we invented it. Now they do now because we've pushed it upon them. And so so in the in these these things needed to be defended and needed to be stretched out as long as possible, knowing full well that they were under serious threat and that it was considered that the only way to protect them was technological advantage. Well, now, that's. What's- so what I think new, you a, think it, we have to get back to subsistence, you said, and, and uh, well, because it's the base, uh, it's the base on which we can build a civilization. Uh, and you can, uh, you've heard me talk about waste uh, repurposing and stuff, and that that's a subsistence way to live, and it's way easier than living off the land and homesteading back mm-hmm. in the past. Way easier, uh, because mm-hmm. you have so much resource that's readily readily available to you, and already we have, have so much stuff. garbage everywhere that we yeah. can repurpose. To it's just the whole world is full of garbage. Mass we, mountains we, of garbage. We just we use artificial intelligence to figure out a way to just. I mean, besides our own, uh, you know, your our own uh, methods. So if we homesteaded, use all that as, as, as energy. Mm-hmm. If we homesteaded in an urban environment through waste uh, repurposing, then we have, it seems to me, the beginnings, the, the, the first launching pad idea for a new civilization, because it gives people time. They, 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 they get out of these, the rat race if they engage in that. We need a little bit of infrastructure in place before people will begin to believe in it. Right now, they don't believe in it because they don't see the infrastructural vision. But once the infrastructure is there a little bit, people will log on. And once they're in, they they won't have to work so hard. They'll have time. So what's the infrastructure? Is it the internet? Uh, good question. Uh, I mean, the I, internet would be the meta-organizing principle of all of these, whatever the, the new civilization is going to be. Well, because we, you can learn so much from the internet. You can teach yourself so much. Well, also, yeah. and also you can make instant connections with, with, with like-minded people towards right. doing uh, similar projects. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So as an educational base, yes, absolutely. Yeah, the internet is an educational base, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, that's a good good point. Uh, so waste repurposing, uh, the internet, uh, and you've heard me talk about small groups too. Uh, these, these are sort of base ideas upon which once we realize that you don't have to be in the rat race Run, 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 and you don't have to compete. This is one thing, place where Peterson might be a little bit off. He's uh, he's yeah. on in so many ways, but he he's he's absolutely right in saying the world is composed of uh, competence hierarchies. But he and he's also right in saying that people mostly stack up at the bottom. But that's where his analysis stops. So yeah. the fact that people mostly stack up at the bottom of hierarchies is actually the most important thing. <laughs> it's the most important. Observation. Uh, uh, 
maybe 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 I'm why can you can you go explain that because everybody's down there everybody's there uh, yeah. and and uh, the, these hierarchies are basically focuses of activity and that's great but they all produce waste so everything falls to the bottom <laughs> and yeah. uh, and so what do you do so, with I mean so there's a repurposing let's say of the basic materials but then there's yes. also the repurposing of of of, of talents yes. Uh, but also, you could argue that people at the bottom of all these are kind of waste as well. You know, they're they're not going anywhere. Wasted they're, lives, consumeriates, as Bird would call it, people who just consume and and, and parasitical sort of existences. Well, to um, be at the bottom of a hierarchy, is, to be at the bottom of a hierarchy is still to be to partake of a hierarchy. For example, mm -hmm. you want to be you're interested in songwriting, uh, but you're not going anywhere because you're not that good, but you're still interested in it. And you you might meander around, you, you might develop a certain skill which gets you a job. And that's kind of puts you up a rung in the hierarchy. Maybe you're yeah, you have you have a gig or something at the, yeah. the local tavern playing country western music or something. And so you're part of the hierarchy still and there's still some dignity in that. That's um, right. But the waste is when you're outside of the whole thing and you're just you're just, you know, you are just parasitical and you're not you're not constructing anything or you're not part of the creative endeavor of humanity there is a sense in which it's parasitical and consumerian i agree but there's also a sense in which it's a necessary bottom for example you can't have a music industry without an audience now are the audience mm -hmm. are they consumerian mm -hmm. are they consumerian or are they the bottom of the hierarchy where they simply listen to the music that's being presented and you know yeah. uh and so what are they? Well, and then one or two of them actually have some real talent and absorbs what 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 they're being heard and then creates their new thing. But most people, most of us just kind of are able to participate in it, which is a good kind of participation. I guess consumeria means uh, uh, the way I'm thinking of Medical, it is when yeah. you're consuming garbage, you're consuming bad food, you're consuming Netflix. You're, you're 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 not really you're not it's it's different than going to a good concert or something like that right or going i mean i to totally agree there is or, that or there's the, most like definitely that, those are there's a there's an enriching form of consuming uh, you know because uh, we need to consume uh, you know on a literal level but then there's also uh uh there's also just a negative form of 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 being hooked into the machine and, and just 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 eating death <laughs> totally I mean, I totally agree with you. I tend to think about that as little as possible simply because it's too depressing. Uh, uh -huh, yeah. So I always look for the, the positive threads that are running through it. Uh, and so in the sense that we are a consumerian, how is that positive? Well, you're looking for your own little purpose. You know, you're looking for you. You may not have a purpose and you're looking for it. And then when, mm. let, let, let's hope that you find it and then then off you go. Yeah, and, that's uh, a more charitable vision of people rather than... And yeah. saying that people are just slaves and they're slaves and masters. Well, it seems to be fairly normal to have no rudder and to be out in the middle of the sea and just floating around in the doldrums. It's it's a very common, extremely common experience, and it just means that you have don't you haven't found purpose, right? And so mm -hmm. the, yeah. this this notion of the consumerian is uh, is it is it cynical to talk about someone who hasn't found a purpose or is, or is it simply an observation that someone has yet to find a purpose you know you know what i'm saying so mm -hmm. the doldrums seem to be important because one of the reasons why not having a purpose to to have experienced that is so important because then you are able to recognize when you have one and you're able to recognize how how 
lucky how how fortunate you are to have a purpose to actually have something to get up in the morning to do <laughs> because yeah. most of us have experienced these you know years on end where we haven't got a clue what to do with ourselves you know so that that's a that in a sense to to experience indulgence is good and so I, I, what I'm trying to do is critique this consummariate uh, cotton machine uh, as actually having a kind of a negative purpose. You have to experience no rudder, no direction in order mm -hmm. to know what direction is. That's a good point. Yeah, that's a good point. But at yeah, the same like time, it. I agree. It's I a like huge problem. I like that. Yeah, yeah. It's a huge yeah, problem. But, but I mean, uh, well, maybe it's, it's this issue of... of addiction um oh absolutely uh and, and and so that's when that i think the bottom of society are people who are just fully addicted um totally now i also think that you don't build a civilization unless you build it from the bottom so and so which brings so us back to this which bottom brings us, question. so the, so it's like what george orwell said if there's hope it's in the proles it's in the bottom yeah it's kind of a marxist yeah. oh i so don't know the, the marx thought that either that it seems to me that idea. Marx had a kind of a shaving of truth there. He was on to something. It's just that the manner in which what he wanted to do was he, he blamed the rich and the powerful for keeping them down. But he also and, blamed the lumpen proletariat. Like he wasn't he wasn't like as as he wasn't as romantic about the uh, about the lower classes as people think. He was kind of an elitist. He wanted the group of uh, special people to go, you know, to to bring to bring them the revolution. Hence social democracy. Social democracy. Uh, this is a, an idea I came up with the week. Social democracy is basically oligarchy. It's it's an elite group who 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 have given granted themselves the responsibility of of ensuring the the welfare of the poor. Oh yeah, that's interesting. That's very good. Social and, democracy uh, is an oligarchy. Hmm. Oh, it's absolutely. In fact, oligarchy. The whole notion of oligarchy. This is why social 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 democrats use the word oligarchy to describe this uh, marriage between government and business. And so mm -hmm. the business is basically, but the truth is, uh, the, the real truth is business is rotating very, very quickly. It's an extremely competitive world. And people are being thrown out of that world all the time. I mean, I know yeah. there's, there is an oligarchy uh, dimension to that. Don't get me wrong. I know there is. But I think social it, the oligarchy really and truly depends primarily on social democracy, not on business. Because business yeah. is a, it's too because dynamic. government. Because government is because government has ways of keeping the money without doing anything about it. So it, is this this is the parasitical aspect again? Yeah, and, uh, rather but it also than, than providing providing real value. But it, but mm. anyone who has a permanent relationship with government is oligarchy. Mm -hmm. You don't get that? Uh, the, sure. Whether it's well, business, it's definitely like that in France where I live. I mean, they have such a huge, huge, powerful bureaucracy. It's like people study their whole lives to get into that special club to be a bureaucrat. Um, yeah, that's right. That used to be an insult. That's an insult in other places, but in France, if you're a bureaucrat, it's like uh, that's like you're set. You know, you you're in, you're in the bourgeois if you're a bureaucrat in France. <laughs> now, to be a little bit fair, this isn't necessarily a bad, no, not necessarily an evil vision of how to run a country or how to run a land or a, a collective, but it is not. It is absolutely not a bottom up. Vision. No, what no, it and is, also it's a, probably out of date. It probably doesn't work with the internet age. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's the way. I, that's and so the internet is pushing us right down to the bottom. It's making us extremely base in the way we communicate, the way we do things, and that's ultimately a good thing. Although it scares the hell out of us because 
base humanity is terrifying, <laughs> terrifying in, in, in so many ways. You know, it's base sexuality is, is scary, but also people's lives are so boring and empty. That's terrifying. It terrifies me to see how empty people's lives are. And but yeah. but nonetheless, that it's pulled us right down to the base. I see that as something extremely exciting. And so that we're so we're the social Democrat runs things from the middle and is and has this idea of lifting the bottom up to the middle. So nobody should be at the bottom because the bottom is some base is an indecent, undignified reality, while the real task is to dignify the bottom because there is always a bottom. And so we got to get back down to the bottom <laughs> and we're getting there. We're being forced there by the internet. I, I agree with you completely about that. But, and, and the mountain of waste that is, that, that scares the shit out of us. We we're we're still turning a blind eye to that, but it is the solution, I think, because it has so much economic potential, but mm -hmm. economic potential in a way, which is not easily monetizable. Waste is not easily monetizable, which is why we, we, we have a tendency to turn a blind eye to it. You know, we send our e-waste to, to, to Asia or whatever, where they have to deal with it, you know, that kind of shit. Right? Instead yeah. of actually dealing with Maybe it, an right? interesting conversation would, would be like, what is money in the internet age? What's happening to it? And, you know, it's, it's, I think money, it's I kind think of out of my, uh, out of my skill set, but, but uh, there's something very interesting there in terms of like moving from money to attention and, and all that kind of thing. Well, here's a provocative argument. Money has been for uh, a long time, far, far and away, the most powerful tool that we have had at our disposal. However, mm -hmm. it may have been undermined by the internet. So the internet may be a more powerful tool than money. Now, people say, well, no, we're just monetizing the internet and, the, and it's just a different way to make money and all the kind of, no, I'm not so sure. It actually, it seems to undermine money. Uh, yeah, it does. You know, I mean, yeah. in terms of my own projects and stuff, it, it, it seems to have created a different hierarchy uh, yeah. in the sense that pe a hierarchy of people who are, you know, get, get together and uh, are interested in a certain thing and they work together instead of people who get together because they're from a certain social class. So it equal so somebody might be not have a lot of money, <laughs> like myself, and then yeah. and then they could be on an equal level with the guy who has tons of money. But and and or, or and, and conversely, a guy who has tons of money might be totally uninterested. Maybe at the bottom of this hierarchy, you know, because he yeah. has nothing interesting to say in that attentional, um, intellectual, or or um, you know, cutting okay. edge realm. Okay, so we're really onto something here now. So I, I think we're, we agree on this, that the internet is some kind of a bottom uh, expression. And I think it is. And, and so uh, that's the whole, uh, that's the educational. Uh, what do you mean by bottom? I, I, I'm not quite there yet with what you mean by bottom, though. Okay, so I, I, when I say bottom, I'm speaking about hierarchies. So hierarchies are like pyramids, right? They're, they're, yeah. they're they, you know, and so there's, there's always. So there's does it reverse the, the higher, the pyramid so that the bottom is actually the top or, or everybody well, is bottom, equal or does it has, flatten the, the hierarchy completely or, or. I don't know. I don't think it flattens the hierarchy. The bottom always has the most people at in it. And there will always be someone at the top making crazy amounts of money, for example, because yeah, yeah, yeah. they figured it out. And, uh, and so there, and then there's competency, there's certain skills that get you a job where you can, you're, you're up, you're up a rung or two and all that kind of stuff. But still, most people are down at the bottom. And what do you do with those people? Well, you, you, you figure out a way to get them a job. Well, maybe the job will be low paying and not very meaningful. Or do you go back into the old time 
peasant model of homesteading, except in a modern subsist in a modern urban subsistence uh, context, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, I'm taking the peasant model and transferring it, throwing it into the modern urban context through the phenomenon of waste, but with the so, so the urbanites system. are the peasants. The urbanites are the peasants in a way. Um, yes, yeah. The new, the bottom of the bottom of, of cities are the new peasants. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, the rich are out out buying land and, and having farms. It's, yeah, 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 yeah. The rich are in the big big homestead places in Texas, and yeah, yeah. But I mean, the peasant, uh, the resourceful peasant, is down at the bottom, and they run the they have the potential of forming new community as a result of that. It's the it's because they're interacting, they're learning from each other, they're exchanging ideas, they're also exchanging goods and stuff, and you know, exchanging skills. Yeah. There's this creative kind of melting yeah. pot, you know. Uh, and I think not that I, I have no issue with money being in that world. If they can figure out a way to put money in that world, God love them. But but, but it's the not is, the same. It's, but it's not how you measure things. Yeah, necessarily, it's not, right? It's not the primary principle. Yeah, it's, it's not what the you know reason. and what you and the resources you have around you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and the and you're right about the uh, the the availability of the internet to help you figure something out. How you're gonna? What are you gonna do with a certain resource or whatever? Right? How can I make a wood stove or whatever? How can I build a yeah. house with these materials? Yeah. Well, so, I mean, we did this we did this internet thing, you know, Wednesday night meeting thing, and now we have a bunch of guys, and we have a little kind of online community, and they're going out and meeting in Amsterdam and. Um, so so uh, so it, well, it, that's 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 kind of like that's the par- that's the parallel future to what's happening. Let's say outside of you know, whereas people meet and then they form a little community and then they do stuff together, uh-huh. and then and then so they they have most of their verbal communication and most of their let's say work is on the internet, and then they get together a couple times a year and and, and have a be- have beers and and have a congenial sort of you know, meeting where they, where, you know, you, you meet in the flesh and. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. So that's the new model of education. And it's also a model, the new of model of education. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and it's also free. Right? right. That's the important thing. It doesn't cost any money. I mean, you can charge. Uh, but the thing is, I think the whole business of charging for internet education won't work. No, no. Uh, and the reason well, is- we've kind of figured that out. We figured out that it has to be by donations, and it has to be by stipends, and it has to be by goodwill. It, like, like because yeah. because it's you cheapen the, the whole project when you when you when you make it a when you make it a, a product um, rather than than an actual, you know. So so we did we we decided actually not to charge money for it. Um, how are for this, the for this particular the project? And, and, but I mean, we, last year we we charged we charged there was you know there was fifty euros or whatever a month, to, and you people were part of Manifesto, which was the other organization that that hired me and Owen to do this. Um, and uh, the problem was that you know yeah yes we made a little bit of money, but it wasn't it wasn't enough for one thing. It was it had cheapened what we did because we were earning money. We would have felt better doing it without money, <laughs> which is kind of ironic. Um, but then, so the the, the model, if, if we're going to do this, it, it spend serious time on doing this. The model is patronage and, and donation, and that that, that if for this kind of community, that's the only thing that works. And then you can charge money for for let's say individual coaching, or you know, you can charge money for one on one when when you have a somebody has a particular skill and and they need. 
that skill. Or you could charge money if you have like, uh, Cadelda has a philosophy course. He charges money for that because because he has a particular skill. He's a philosophy teacher and people want to join him. That, that works because he's good, really good at it. Yeah. But for community, um, you keep that sacred on some level, right? Totally. No, absolutely. Absolutely. And that's kind of uh, brings back you. So, you know, community is the same word as com- communion, right? Yeah. So uh, the church communion, you, you never charge to go to church. No, you pass a, around a, 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 a little thing and, and people put money or, or you, you ask people for money because you need to run the thing. Um, yeah, that's right. But, you, but it's always optional. And it's 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 depends on the but everybody but 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 and also you you become a member of the church because you're part of the community. You can't come in if you're not part of the community. Like there's a there's a boundary around the community in, in some sense, right? Yeah, 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 um, yeah. So 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 if we accept you in the community, you can you can come. If if you behave badly, you can't come in. <laughs> so it's, it's so it's a, it's a decision between the people who run it and, and the community. That, 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 so that's a community. Um, and, um, and that's, that's based on the sacred, not on, I mean, that's a religious word, but. So just to summarize what I was saying, uh, I think the, uh, return to a civilizational vision is, is a bottom up, uh, one. And, uh, it's, that's a simple idea. Uh, and mm-hmm. we had that in the past with the peasant. Mm-hmm. The peasant was the, uh, you know, the king. Uh, ruled over the land, but the but the peasants were in the land, and mm-hmm. and the, so the the king uh, uh, took taxes from the peasant. The peasant was the base and base producer, and the the base producer now is not the is not at the bottom is some kind of middle character. While the peasant was at the bottom, if you're following mm-hmm. what I'm saying, I mean, arguably you could argue that the slaves were at the bottom, but but uh, mm-hmm. that's, that's a complicated argument. There's something about well, the what about like well, the, the other argument would be that the, is the argument about the exodus, right? Where you get a bunch of people, you have a corrupt society, uh, you have Egypt, and then a bunch of people who are creative get together, uh, and they leave that, they leave that the uh, corrupt society, and start and 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 and, and uh, go on a journey in, into another world, rather than than your model, which is like the it's more like let's say a medieval Christian, or more. <laughs> where you know okay it's a, well, more, static, it's a more static model than 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 this like dynamic model which is you know we talk about it it's like the the um the silk route which combines east and west and there's all of these little schools and they 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 trade along the silk route and it's very dynamic um i totally agree yeah that's uh, the, you're adding a whole other dimension now which is super interesting and and that I think is not bottom, uh, not the bottom. Uh, but it here's I think the nomad has been saturated. I think we're in, a, yeah. in an era where the nomad is, and 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 the nomad ha, ha, was extremely important, and still is important. It's just that we we don't see the importance anymore because the whole thing is saturated. We've we've been there and done that. And we've totally developed it. And when something is fully developed, we don't even notice it anymore. And so the vacuum right now is at the bottom, not at, not in not in the the nomad is actually pretty high, pretty close to the top. I actually I think from the point of view of sophistication and stuff, they they have to know they have to be able to adjust to many cultures, and that makes them yeah. You have to be able to move. I mean, it's like these people are traveling all the time, and 
Yeah. And they also have the judge. I mean, it is true that the, the 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 computer makes a lot of people nomadic, like it makes them able to. But again, I guess you're you're you you still are talking about an elite part of the population, because mm. because most people don't spend a lot of time moving or, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, in yeah. airplanes moving around. A lot of people do, but um, yeah. Uh, you're asking a real good point, though. The, the nomad and uh, like I was uh, thought I spent a lot of time thinking about the nomad recently. The, they're middlemen, basically. So they they understand products, which means that they can judge the quality of a product by analyzing it, mm-hmm. and then they can and then they understand who they can sell it to. So they they uh, they take it to a certain group. So that takes a certain cultural sensibility. And you also have to know the language of the culture that you're taking it to. Not, you at least have to know a little bit of the language in order to take a, a given product to another group, another cultural group, in order to sell it. But you also have to know the cultural group from whom you're buying the product. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're doing a whole bunch of things at once. You're engaged in massive cultural exchange by dealing with these different cultures. And you're, and you're also looking at these products and estimating what's the best bet for, you know, where can I take this to sell it? The, 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 it's a very complex thing, a, a relationship between goods and culture and language is, is the middleman. Because you have to know the language, you got to know a little bit of, of everybody, of other languages. It's totally complete. And so these people are highly sophisticated people, a good middleman. So the nomad in the, in the end was a, a very dynamic, uh, a very dynamic cultural group. Hence the Jew, right? The Jew is very much tied in with that. Yeah, well, that's what I was thinking. I made these smaller cultures. And then you're almost talking like you're talking about, I like what you're doing is it, in the sense is um, rather than just say, oh, they're the, the consumerity and they're, they're doomed and, and, and that sort of thing is like, oh, no, no, this is, there's a vitality there. And, and at the bottom, um, you mean? The, the consumerity? Yes. Oh, I totally, totally. And, no, no, uh, that's what the potential is. That's where it is. But, but on the other hand, yeah, and then, but because I'm always, I was, I'm sort of thinking more about the the, the exodus. Um, oh, I mean, I, I agree. The, I, I like your challenge there. That's a that's a. So there's a leadership. There's an elite who will forge some new ground. Yeah. Yeah, um, and then and then everybody will yeah. will will kind of follow along or or. I totally, I'm totally on side with that. I think we're in a weird age, uh, and this has to do with technological revolution. Which we we've we've explored all these higher levels and we're being pushed to the bottom and so the real leadership the real exodus is 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 the bottom mm-hmm. if you're following what I'm saying uh, mm-hmm. and so they're the ones read uh, the, the the Moses figure will find himself at the bottom in the at the, in the just like the Jews the were time. kind of at the bottom of the society in Egypt they were they were the, they were yeah they, something they, like they that were, sure. I see what you mean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a bottom. There's, a, I mean, I think one of the reasons why Marxism developed had such a powerful uh, sway was it had to do with this. The, we have a deep intuition for the power of the bottom. That there's something about it that well, we don't exactly know what it is, uh, and I think Marx got it wrong a little bit. One idea is that we, the, the, the I might have said this to you before, the low. The law absorbs the high. That might be the only idea from Marx from which which really has a sustaining value. In other words, here's an example. There was a time when only one person understood an automobile and it was the person who invented it. Yeah. And then very quickly, five people understood it because they were smart and engineer had an engineering mentality. And then now millions of people understand an automobile completely. Well, what's yeah. going on there is 
this high idea is being pulled down to lower levels and is no, is now just an ordinary thing relatively and so there's a, there's a there's a there's a gravitation to the bottom of all knowledge now it's not entirely true what i'm saying because well like also like literacy or or something like that right i mean you know it used to be very just a bunch of monks reading and then when napoleon came along and his army was literate they were the most powerful army in in, in all yeah. of europe so so yeah. so when you de- democratize um, these things, and then that thing, then that thing becomes just ordinary, and then there has to be, a, then there's a new thing that this becomes. A, That's right. I wonder it what does the mediocratize. I wonder yeah. what the new thing is now. I wonder what. I wonder what's 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 uh, the one that the, the you know the, maybe it's something to do with artificial intelligence or. Um, the new or, well, I, I keep going back to waste waste for purposes. That's, that's to me the new thing. Uh, it's the only new everything else is everything else oh, is the new thing is, like is, is the new thing is is how to how to repurpose everything yeah so it, so you, you're not exploiting your you're employing your you're not yes uh-huh. yeah yeah and what that does is creates a contained system you're not you're not uh it's a what you're doing is you're you're always accumulating wealth the new yeah. new resources still come in from the from the countryside and from mines and whatnot but then since it gets repurposed over and over again uh, you have this. The, Which these is cities getting they get fundamentally rich. going back to like an indigenous kind of model, isn't it? I mean, isn't that how things you once were? And, and you know what I mean? Isn't it going except back to that, the be- yeah. beginning on some level? What? Totally. Except that, with the advantage of the technological revolution of cap of free market capitalism, you have you the the peasant instead of just barely getting by is rich, 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 extremely rich. Yeah, because there's so much resource in waste, right? And it's so easily re- it's so easily repurposable because it's already been processed. You know, you mm-hmm. just have to give it a little bit of thought, and you just you don't have to dig up the ground. You don't have to pull the roots out of the tree. You know, you know, you don't have to. There, there's so much. The work was so much more intense in the past. Now, also very satisfying, but. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nonetheless, uh, this this I'm I, I have this idea that this won't will not be a very stressful way to live. You won't have to work that hard. You'll work a few hours a day, and then the rest of the day, you're just doing whatever you want to do. You know, you're you're doing different things, and therefore, this allows for the new culture of the arts to to emerge when you have yeah. time, when you're not stressed about what how you're going to make a living that's when you that's when you create art isn't it yeah yeah i mean yeah. i mean you you kind of know that because we were musicians in the 90s and nothing was going on back then that's why we made music <laughs> i yeah. think in a way right uh well I, one thing i noticed is as soon as i started to work a certain over a certain number of hours in the baking uh i i couldn't create anymore i was too tired of so, course in other words yeah. i started to I started to worry about how I was going to live and how I was going to make a living. Which is also just, when you have a family and, and all that. You know, oh, yeah, I, totally. Yeah, yeah. You, so if you, you, have, can, if you can't be dedicated single-mindedly to an artistic, you know, uh, uh, but not just artistic, but but something that's outside of your job. Uh, you can't, It could be could be agriculture. It could be anything, but... Hobby, yeah. But the thing is, people need that. People need that to have a full human existence. You need something like that in your life, right? Absolutely. Otherwise, you're just you are just a slave. You know, um, you are just a wage slave. So uh, then, unless, so you, unless you have a, a hobby or you have something else, it, it could be hairdressing. It could be 
could be anything, totally. but it has to be something other than your, your boring fucking job, right? I mean, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. I'm, I'm imagining a future where we, we work way less to make a living. And yeah. then we have way more time to do what interests us the most. Yeah. And whatever yeah. that may be. And yeah. that, and that is the new bottom. That's the new bottom. I think that, I think you've described sort of my lifestyle, Stephen, a little bit, but <laughs> you don't work that hard. <laughs> well, I do. I work really hard, but, yeah. but I, but I, but, but only half of my actual work is, 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 uh, is, is teaching and my, my, you know, half of my actual work is, is, uh, I mean, in, in a way I work a lot of hours of teaching, but, compared to some teachers, but I, but I'm not a full-time administrator or anything. So I'm very independent. And then the other half of my work is, is this kind of thing, like having yeah, conversations yeah, yeah. with people, making podcasts, writing little articles, you know, writing a song occasionally and sort of like get going, going somewhere and meeting some people in, in, in Denmark, <laughs> you know, so it is, I think a lot of people are already there in, in some sense. Yeah. You've swung that. But that is, that, that is the exodus. Like that is the, the that, that kind of lifestyle is, is, the, crea- yeah. is the creative ex- lifestyle exodus. Um, it's Absolutely, not being, yeah. it's not being yeah. very, you don't have to be very wealthy to do that. Uh, if, if you're clever yeah. about it, uh, it it's difficult because I mean, you're an independent and you have to kind of like pay the bills every month, but uh, to be fair to social democracy, we have these little nets. You know, if we get sick, the system will pay for our sickness. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so these things, these are extremely beneficial. I'm, I'm imagining a future when we won't have that, where uh, we will have to figure out another way if we get sick uh, to tend to health issues. I'm not sure about that because, you know, when I got sick recently, and I, I got the money, the money I got from the government didn't come until like a year later. These the bureaucracies are very inefficient. Um, well, you didn't have to pay up front. And, for and human operation. beings are not that inefficient. So if you have a group of friends and you have you have you have networks, then 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 people help each other. Whereas totally. if you're if you're a parasitical on the government all the time, then then um, then, then totally, which is you, why you don't get as good fun. help. Finally, in the end, it's, it's kind of like. Um, the welfare—it's—it's it's a kind of Ivan Illich critique—is the welfare system, you know, Completely. you know, creates creates a sort of. Yeah, know, absolutely. That's why that system is going to disappear and die. Yes, yes, it's, yes. Uh, it's because it's we we're seeing the dysfunction. Nonetheless, it still has a workability. Like your your yes, operations, yes. you didn't pay for your operations. Yeah, right? yeah, you exactly. Up, yeah. No, I know that's that's sorry. Uh, yeah, that's that's correct. Yeah, like yeah. <laughs> if I had to, if one had to pay for those sort of things, then 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 you, you couldn't even you yeah. couldn't do it. So you are you are still pulling from the 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 social net. Right. So we're slowly figuring out a new way, but we, we're still dependent on the old way, basically. And arguably, we're still dependent on, you can go back in time and say we're still dependent on things like our religious structures and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just that we don't know it. You know, basically, one of my arguments is that social democracy is a total parasite on, on the religious structure that preceded it. It's just that it doesn't know that in a lot of it. And, it's, and, and to make it worse, it's quite often anti-religious in its sentiment. So it's a parasite on the, on the former religious structure and simultaneously anti-religious, which is fundamentally hypocritical. Now, Reaganism was not that. Reaganism was something else, uh, you know, some kind of a return a little bit, but, but nonetheless, also, you know, hyper yeah, I don't think we want either of those options. No, like, no, we don't. No, no, I'm not um, arguing for Reaganism. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I don't think we I'm want saying either. that. I'm saying that it makes sense that it, that it happened. I'm, I'm it, saying makes that it makes sense, sense is that people are 
going back to churches and temples and practicing meditation, some of them, and some of them are, are you know, becoming Christians again. And, and some of them are, you know, going into Eastern practices. I, I think that there should be a, a rich ecosystem of of religious practices that are that where people and that people in different schools are, are kind of communicating with each other and and they're not they're, they're they have their own integrity but it's not like a like a just a bland melting pot but okay so now um, you're approaching the subject as for future civilizational uh rise again of mm-hmm. the, the subject of spirituality which we haven't broached on yet so we just talked about education through uh the internet we talked about repurposing that would be the materialist the material side yeah uh, and then there's the yeah the problem of spirituality and that's a that's a that's a that's a huge one is there a unifying spirituality uh is it desirable that there be one uh, these are these are big questions and 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 is it necessary to have a unifying spirituality in order to have civilization uh, or can it be completely aggregated uh, or with a loose, a loose affiliation that communicates loosely with each other, but gets along, you know, yeah. this, uh, these, these are difficult questions. I don't, I tend to think that there has to be a unifying. Uh, but that's because you're a Christian and Christians always believe that, that the, <laughs> it seems to be that, that they think that Christianity has to be the, the unifying one. But. Well, uh, I've come up with, this is something that I got from Rudolf Steiner, which is absolutely fascinating. He says, uh, the name, the name for the Christ being is it has been around for a very long time, and it, going way back to the ancient Egyptian civilization. This is pre-ancient Persian. And the name for it was Vishvakarma, he said. And then in the Persian, the great ancient Persian. This is you're going way back here. Not, not, not talking yeah. a few years, a few thousand years ago. The name in the ancient Persian was Ahura Mazda. Ahura Mazda, yeah. Well, that's the savior, right? Uh, well, Steiner says this is actually the same being. It's the name for the the same being and then and then in in the third mm-hmm. era the egyptian civilizational era the name for this same being in other words it's granted different names by different civilizational arcs and the the name well that makes the, more sense to me yeah i mean yeah so the third name in in the egyptian civilizational arc is uh osiris and the fourth name in the greco-roman civilizational arc is christ now these mm-hmm. names, the, the the now Steiner makes the point that there's something extra special about the fact that this being incarnates <laughs> in the Greco-Roman moment. Nonetheless, we are in a new age now, which he denotes as Anglo-American or British American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it seems to me that it we're all, if if you believe Steiner that we're we're not quite a third of the way through this era yet. It's a long yeah. era. It lasts about 2,300 years. So there's going to be, a new, there's gonna be a, a new version. So I'm anticipating this is an idea I came up with. 2.0, Jesus 2.0. It's coming we're in search, we're in search with, of with a new a different name. name. Well, that's we're kind of, that's a name. Jewish view in a way, because, you know, the Jewish is, people are waiting for the, the, the Messiah, right? Yes. And they're yeah. still waiting for him to come. Yeah. Um, and I like, I like that idea. So I've kind of. That idea got me really excited. I, got, I decided to drop the whole notion of Christ uh, and calling my denoting myself as a Christian. I'm I'm someone in search of the new name. <laughs> search of the new name. That's that's pretty but, cool. Well, one that's thing like uh, one thing the new name will signify. Like I asked myself, what does it signify? I think it does absolutely signify these this this notion of unified humanity. And so, unified what unifies, unified humanity. Mm-hmm. What unifies humanity? is the question mm-hmm. and uh that's a tough one so uh 
we don't have a name that unifies humanity. I don't. You know, mm. the best maybe liberalism is. The, I mean, but lots of people hate liberalism. I mean, you know, uh, I, I, I mean, uh, it, it seemed to me that loads of people thought free speech was like the, the, the cat's ass, and then, then well, all these Westerners should think free speech is terrible today. I mean, that's crazy. <laughs> Can't uh-huh. believe Westerners are against free speech. <laughs> but that's yeah. what wokeists are kind of against free speech. If you listen to their what they're up to. Well, they yeah, free speech can, is bad. because they don't want you to, you to hurt their feelings. <laughs> I mean, well, there's a hurt. It's, it's, it's an infantile view. It's like it's yeah. just, it's oh, just yeah. you don't you don't want somebody to hurt your feelings because you're different and you want to protect your, yourself and your group. And but well, but I mean, we, have, fair, we have to we have to be adults and, and sort of like you know be able to um to be as fair say, as possible to say things that are somewhat anyway. Go ahead. Totally. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, we agree on this. The, we yeah. agree. But to be a little bit fair to Wokus, they're saying if we don't want to persecute or lend ourselves to persecute persecution, we have to conduct our language in a certain way. Seems to me. Yeah. And but but so they that's don't, a compelling but, but again, argument. To what? But it, but again, that's it's it's. Uh, oh, it's wrong. It's but wrong. It's, it's wrong. Compelling argument. Yeah. It, 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 it is compelling. Otherwise, there wouldn't be so many wokeists out there. Yes, yeah. you, you know we can't. You can't behave this way. You can't. You can't say the n word and for good reason. I mean, I, I think that's a good thing that people aren't are, are, are not using that word. You know, um, yeah, yeah. so so there are taboos and there are you know, boundaries. And it's like, um, but I but I I think that I think it's the policing issue that is that is ugly. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, you and I we agree on this. It's just yeah. that the. You can see why they're uh, anyway. I'm the, the, I'm only bringing up this free speech thing so so as to point to the idea that we don't have a unifying idea. Maybe federation. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's a unifying idea. Maybe everybody in the world is kind of okay with the idea that we can federate the world's cultures and. and well, I, I know Dugan had this idea that there's there's sort of three. You know, there should be kind of he calls it the fourth political way that there should be sort of like uh, uh, the, the Americas and Europe is, is one sort of, uh, he, you know, this is a, a, a Imperium and then, and then the Russian, uh, I forget what he calls it. The, the uh, Eurasian is, is another Imperium. And so there's these massive, and they're different. Uh, that's his theory. It's an interesting theory. Oh, I, I totally uh, agree with that. I think there are three, I think today there are three, possibly four, sovereign zones in the world one is one is one led up by the united states one is one led up by russia and and the other by china and it's possible there's a fourth which is the arab muslim world and the african you know but that's not it's not a sovereign africa is not a sovereign entity it's it's carved up and uh under it's under the influence of other sovereign entities put it this way there are only three or four sovereign entities in the world today and europe i think because of the the two world wars has backed away from its uh, uh, sovereign, real sovereign responsibility. Uh, and so it's basically abrogated it to the U.S. They basically let the U.S. lead. And then when the U.S. fucks up, they, they like to criticize them and go on about how stupid the Americans are. But they basically yeah. won't take leadership. You can see this with the Ukraine war. They, what, they don't seem to be interested in taking any real leadership uh, when it comes to sovereignty issues, real sovereign issues. Yeah, I've heard that criticism, yeah. So, uh, which means that the European sovereign entity is under the umbrella of the American one. It's part of the American sovereign umbrella. And Russia has its own sovereign umbrella and China does too. 
Yeah. And, uh, and the Arabs or the Muslims somehow have something going on. It seems mm-hmm. like no one, we're not very good at telling the Muslims what to do. They they have their, they have their own way of booting us out and telling us to fuck off. And <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, well. So there's a sense in which or, we can't. Or, or control the Chinese, or, or the you know, or the Russians. <laughs> yeah. You're right. Yeah, we can't tell the Russians or the Chinese what to do, and I don't think we can. the The Arabs are they're not really unified. They're kind of a they're a bit ragtag. You know, they got their Arab League, but nonetheless, yeah. you can't really you can't. We don't. Well, have <laughs> they're they're at war with each other as well, which is why they don't become the most powerful. Yeah, that's right. Because thinking in the world, because that's the, the reason that the, they haven't taken over the world. Yeah, and too busy fucking each other. Sharia, Sharia law, law is that they're at war with each other. <laughs> yeah. They don't get along enough. Except every now and then they do unify to keep the boot us out kind of thing, right? They they yeah. hate us being meddled in the game. <laughs> yeah. No, that's true. That's absolutely right. So I yeah I, I that sounds like I agree with this guy Dugan. Sounds like he's an interesting guy. Yeah, uh, we should. Uh, but he is Putin's. Call. Remember when we're saying this? He's Putin's number one advisor, and he's he's very pro-war. Uh, you know. Uh, so, oh really? So, but he also has a lot of interesting ideas. He's one of these very uh, mixed characters. I, I wouldn't. I I don't side with him because I think he's. How do I, I he's he's brilliant. He's absolutely brilliant. I mean, I've been I read this book about him recently, and um he's an absolutely brilliant guy, but he's but he's but he has but he has some odd uh I I guess I guess the fact that he would be pro pro war pro you know pro imperialism makes him makes he's a traditionalist. So he's he's the viewer, he's the, he wants to go back to something. And that's 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 I think position that. We want to take something from the past and move forward. We don't want to go back to some golden age. There's a bit of that in, in Dugan, but although he right. would deny it, um, so, he, anyway, so he's the, a complex guy. But, but, uh, but um, when he's Putin's brain, um, uh, this business. So we're, we're talking about sovereignty right now, and I spent a lot of time this past year thinking about sovereignty. Uh, 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 I'd love to talk more. I think we're, we've had said enough today. We should. Yeah. Uh, but. Uh, I believe sovereignty, first of all, we're in an age where war is redundant. In other words, if we really go to war, by the way, this is the reason why we didn't step in like like arguably we should have to defend the Ukrainians. Now we're providing arms for them, but the reason why we haven't stepped in is because we're afraid that a real war will break out, that a yeah, yeah. major war. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. And and the reason why we're the reason why we don't want that is because we know that war is a major war is actually a redundant thing today. We can't. We can only have proxy wars, yeah, and that's yeah, because yeah. war is basically because of the power. War of is war is existential, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's it's it's a thing of the past. And so, what is the future of sovereignty in an age when when war is redundant? What what happens to sovereignty? Well, it carries on, but how does it carry on? Is the question. <laughs> and mm. the the answer is something, uh, it, it, it harkens back to Jordan Peterson a bit, actually. It, it really has to do with the free flow of free speech and of integrated individuals. The more you have distinguished individuals, the stronger your entity is, your, your sovereign entity is, and the less you can be controlled. But it, mm-hmm. it doesn't have a lot to do anymore with powerful weapons. It's because every, every, each side mm-hmm. has powerful weapons. And then there's that's interesting because you know, huh? that's kind of that would be Putin's critique of the West, right? Is that we're all weak, you know? 
There's um, something about and, making. And, and, a, and I mean, and we're, and we're soulless consumers, and and we've kind of like. Yeah, we've definitely we, we gone have, down that route. But 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 I mean, I'm not, it's not that they have any more soul in Russia than they do in the West. I don't think so. I think it's like that's a seductive kind of argument. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we're lost for sure. Uh, we're definitely lost. And there is a sense in which you can an individual can really only properly integrate if he makes himself vulnerable. And so. When calling Westerners weak has the, has a lot to do with that. We have deliberately constructed a vulnerability 